Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Two Brothers, One Mike, Season 5, Episode 4. And today we have with us Austin and Don Connolly. Guys, how are you doing today? Good. How are you? Hey, guys. Uh, so, you know, Joe, we talk about, and I always, every time we have a story like this, this one is is really, when you say a feel-good story, boy, we're kind of dummying it down a little bit here, right? I mean, this is a beyond a feel. This is This is a miracle. Right. Not one, but two uh, within the matter of a year. Um, and and uh, Austin's going to talk all about that. Don's going to talk all about that. But for all of you that are listening today and viewing, we hope you're viewing us as well. Um, stay till the end and really understand um, the miraculous events that take place over a period of it was about a year. Right, Austin, all together. Yes. And, and, and I want you guys to understand, Austin, how old are you? I'm 16, about to be 17. I mean, so in in a short time, what this young man has overcome and persevered through the adversity in his life. And then, Don, we're going to also get uh, a lot of insight from you as a parent, because I think a lot of parents, as they're listening to this, are going to want to know how you guys handled this, um, where you turn to, uh, uh, you know, whether it be prayer, whether it be friends and family, whether it be all that in the pot together. So I, I definitely think that this is the type of interview where if you're watching now, you want to watch until the end. Uh, there's no way, Joe, you click off of this uh, particular uh, interview. Well, you should never do that with us, right? We always have something in the pot. But um, this is when we, I was on LinkedIn, Austin and I always search all the my social media uh, from a business standpoint is always to search out and find stories like this um, not you know of this nature where someone has gone through some trials and tribulations and has overcome it when you see it's a 16 year old it makes it even more and when I listen to you talk and I watch the video that you put up uh, and that mom put up on LinkedIn. It's amazing what I saw. I think first and foremost, what we want to do is we want to know who you are, though. So where, where are you guys from? Where are you from, Austin? So I was born in Chicago, and I moved to Florida when I was about a year old. So I've lived in Florida my whole life. And, and, and uh, Where yeah. at and where at in Florida? You live in Stewart. Okay. I know where, so if you're someone who's never been to Florida or someone who doesn't know where that's at, is that the Atlantic side? Is that the Gulf side? On the Atlantic side, we're, we're um, near West Palm beach. Yeah. Okay. Two hours north of Miami on the East coast. So you're about, I, I'm going to take a guess here, maybe a little over an hour from Miami or am I right? Uh, or an hour and a half, two hours. Cause there's okay. traffic before, but you know, <laughs> okay. I got you. I got you. Um, we don't like you guys right now. We're in Northeast Ohio. And for all of our listeners out there, when they're here, this show, it's going to be January 11th uh, when it airs. So um, Austin, if you remember when you were one years old living in Chicago, uh, the weather is not the same as it is down in uh, off the Atlantic coast there in uh, in Florida, for sure. Um, would you ever move back up north? I would. Yes, I would. You miss the snow. I do. Uh, okay. I, all right. Hey, I, we don't get that, but, but we, but we'll, we'll accept that. So you, you basically are a Florida guy. You've been there pretty much your entire life. And uh, tell us a little bit about now, where, where do you go to high school at? Uh, I go to Jensen Beach High School. Okay. And you are a junior? I'm a junior. Yes. You're a junior there. And 
So from from an academic standpoint, I understand you're quite the debater. Uh, and if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, I do my research now. Mom was not only the class president, but she was also quite the debater herself. And I, I can I get it? Can I give the years or no? Sure. Uh, uh, between the years of 1990 and 1993, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Good. So like 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 mother like son uh, in in this particular situation. Uh, are you still doing anything with the debate team? Uh, yes, I, I do a couple of things with the debate team, not as much as I did in my first two years. Okay. But I would say that, that mom definitely pushes me to keep excelling in uh, debate, so. Okay, all right. Um, so so don't don't pick an argument with Austin, is what, is what you're saying. He's pretty good at it. Uh, and, and so from an academic to an athletic, and this is where this story pretty much begins, you're a football guy. Any other sports besides football? Just football. Just football. So you're a diehard football guy. Uh, when did you start playing football? Oof, I probably started playing football when I would say about five or six. Started playing okay. football. Okay. So you've been a lifelonger as far as football is concerned. And you're, you're have you always played? I know you play the you play quarterback, right? Yep. And, and on defense, linebacker. Am I correct? Yes. What what's your what's your favorite position? I'd say quarterback is definitely my favorite position. I played okay. linebacker because that's where my dad played. So okay, uh, okay. Now, when you're playing quarterback, do you have any way of maybe debating with the defense and you know throwing them off maybe mentally? Is there any arguments on the field with the opposing team where maybe they get confused? Do you have any Jedi mind tricks that you use with them in order to uh, you know move the ball down the field? Yeah, I mean, sure, of course, you know, looking one way, throwing back the other. Just okay. I'm faking to a guy, throwing to a different one. So there's uh, always things to do. Yeah, so, so you knew where I was going with that. I wasn't yes. really uh, – okay, all right. So that being said, you've you, uh, been playing football your whole life, and you're in your junior year. And this is uh, – for those of you, I know a lot of times we're told you shouldn't date the show, but it's impossible. So if you're listening to this seven years from now, we're talking about the 2022 football season. And at what point, all right, now this particular injury you're going to talk to us about, at what point in the season did this happen? How many games were already under your belt before this happened at practice one day? Seven games. Seven games. And how many games do we play in Florida? Every state sometimes has a different number of games they play. Oh, yeah. We played 10, but... Our team went to third round of the playoffs, so we played 13. Okay. All right. So in week seven, uh, you're at practice. Yep. Take us through what happens. What is the play that happens which puts you in the situation you were in and letting our listeners and viewers know where we go from there? Yeah. So uh, as a defense, we were playing, we were scouting the defense and acting like they would of the team that we were going to play that Friday. Um, I was the linebacker on the left and that receiver, uh, went in motion. So I followed him across. He got the jet sweep and I was full sprinting, looking at him and I didn't see uh, a running back slip out of the backfield. And he came and, uh, his shoulder pads went right into my, my chin strap. And that was, uh, that was it. Yeah, and, and the next thing you knew, what? Next thing I knew, I woke up on the ground with my hand clenching my face mask and my other arm stuck under my body. And I remember just trying to let go of my face mask and just realizing that my, my fingers weren't moving. So the finger, your fingers aren't moving, your, your legs aren't moving. 
Yep. Um, and, and do you remember what was being said to you? I, I'm sure at this point, everybody's surrounding you trying to figure out what's going on. Do you remember any of the conversation that was going on? No, I don't, but I do vividly remember one of my coaches spraying cold water all down my face and to the point where I was like, man, this guy's trying to drown me. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, okay, so so you don't, in other words, you at this point, you don't really understand the severity of the situation. No. Uh, you just think you took a pretty hard hit. You Did you know where you were at? Yes, I did know that I was at the field. I just wasn't sure why I wasn't able to get up. Okay, and... Uh, so at this point, we're not sure about what's going on. You know that you've been hit pretty hard, and it's something that you've been dealing with your entire life. You've been in football plays before where there's been collisions where, okay, this guy's down, whether it be you or a teammate or another team, and they're going to get back up. Um, and so that's what I'm going to do. And we're going to take a brief moment here to hear from our sponsor. When we come back... We're going to talk about what ensued afterward where you winded up in the hospital, ended up in the hospital, and where we went from there, okay? All right, so everybody, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. Two Brothers, One Mike is sponsored by Kitchen Apps, Perfectly Prepared Portions. Hey, Youngstown Area listeners, it's Joe from T-Bomb. Do you find yourself dreading all of the specifics when it comes to prepping your meals for the week? I mean, calculating calories and macros can be such a pain, which for many of us can result in losing our momentum when we're starting a new eating lifestyle. Now, I know for me, I was constantly figuring out which foods to eat so I wouldn't only stay under calories, but also maintain my macros. What's more is I hated the idea of eating the same thing every day simply because I finally came up with that perfect combination. But then I found Kitchen Apps. Founded in 2015 by Tom Kitchen Apps, their mission is simple. They created a personalized selection of flavorful gourmet meals that are perfectly portioned and nutritionally balanced to fit their clients' lifestyles, as well as their physical needs, all for a very affordable price. You receive three meals plus two snacks for five days, so your whole work week is completely taken care of. And yes, there are options to add or subtract meals as you need them for the weekends too. So for more information or to place your order, go to kitchenabs.com. That's kitchenabz.com and get started today. Welcome back, everyone. So, so far, we, we've learned a little bit about Austin Conley uh, as far as academics and athletics are concerned. And Austin, right now, we're at the moment where you were at practice in week seven of this football season, 2022, when um, a running back snuck out of the backfield, caught you underneath the chin strap, and the next thing you knew, you could not move when you woke up laying on the ground. And at some point, you are now being moved to the hospital. Um, uh, do you remember anything about that? Was it via ambulance? So I was taken by ambulance to a field close to my high school where, uh, a trauma clock land and then took me to the nearest trauma hospital. Okay. All right. And so Don, he's in the hospital now and, and the doctors are running tests, trying to figure out what's going on, probably from a cognitive standpoint, physical standpoint, where is it that he's not able to move? Um, at this point, they come into the room uh, at some point, and Austin, they don't even look at you. They look over you to your mom and dad, and they say that there's a possibility that what? They said that there was a possibility that 
I would never be able to move my hands and feet again, and that there was a possibility I'd be on anti-seizure medicine for the rest of my life. For the rest of your life. Don, I'm a parent. Joe's a parent. Parents are, are watching this. And and I know you guys have done interviews before with with several other podcasters, uh, large podcasters, and and ESPN, um, and we'll talk a little bit about that. So I'm sure everybody wanted to know then, and I'm sure you know everybody wants to know now here on Two Brothers One Mike. What what goes through a parent's mind when you're told that? How do you process that information? We had just um, actually gotten home from seeing our daughter in Michigan. She's uh, in college. And we'd been home for maybe two hours and sat down for dinner. And my husband looked down at his phone and we saw that it was Austin's football coach calling, which is never good when it's right in the middle of practice. So uh, Brian took the call and he said, you know, Austin was unresponsive. He took a hard hit. He was unable to move his arms and legs. And they made the decision to send him by a, a trauma hawk to the nearest trauma hospital. Uh, so we were at that time having dinner with our two smaller kids, um, our younger kids. And so the first thing um, we, you know, we've been, we've raised our children in the church. They know who their Lord and Savior is. And whatever the Holy Spirit said to me, of course, the first thing you do as a parent, as a parent is, you know, you, that anxiety, that fear, you just, you know, rises up in you. But I think every one of us has a few seconds to decide how we're going to respond to any situation you know, which path we're going to go down. And so within those, you know, couple seconds that I said, you know what, he's going to be fine. Like This is a promise we've already been given. So the four of us took a second to take communion and be reminded of what Jesus already died for, the victory, the healing that was already ours and the whole way to the hospital. Was I scared? Was I nervous? Absolutely. But I didn't let that, you know, dictate me and neither did my husband. And we just decreed and declared that Austin would be whole, Austin would be healed, Austin would play football again. When we got there, they wouldn't let us see him. They were running a bunch of tests, as you mentioned. They were doing, you know, CAT scans and MRIs. They weren't sure if there was something with his spinal cord or with his head. And um, so we waited for a little bit in the emergency room. And then our pastor met us there, who's uh, one of Austin's mentors. We went back into his room. um, And at that point, he was, you know, in a big neck collar and um, not, not able to move his arms and legs, um, still in great spirits, laughing, joking, because he's Austin. And I think deep down, he knew he was going to be okay. But it was um, pretty scary. In the emergency room, he started having what looked like seizures. So he would start to convulse, his eyes would roll back, you know, it just it looked like a seizure. And they the longest one lasted about 45 minutes. And when he would wake up, he didn't remember. So he would, you know, he knew who he was, he knew where he was, but he wouldn't remember that that happened. Um, he would pick up the conversation wherever he left off before that happened. So that was another, you know, in addition to not being able to move his limbs, we were concerned about the cognitive things that were, you know, maybe impacted by the way he hit his head. So they moved us into the trauma ICU and, and about um, two day, two nights later is when the doctors came in and kind of spoke that diagnosis that we refused to receive over him, but he had had an EEG. So his brain was, you know, kind of hooked up to all those um, different electrodes to measure his brain activity. And there was a camera on him that could witness the, what appeared to be seizures so that they could properly diagnose him. And it was after 24 hours on that monitor that the neurosurgeon, the trauma surgeon, and a team of three residents came in and, you know, gave him that, that diagnosis that they thought he would have a you know, he'd have to go on seizure medicine. He no longer could drive, no football, didn't know if the feeling would come back in his arms and legs. So 
all this information is being processed, Austin, by by you. And at times, and you even said this in the video that you that you had put out on social media, uh, you even said that it seemed as if they were just talking over you uh, to your parents. And then at one point, you looked at the doctors and, if I'm not mistaken, quote unquote, told them to get out of your room. And there's a reason for that. That what what were you doing when you told them you weren't just trying to be disrespectful to the doctors, but there was something that you wanted to do. And I think it reflects a lot on what mom was just talking about in terms of the power of prayer and how you've been raised. What was it you wanted to do when the doctors left the room? I wanted to be alone and I wanted to pray to God and figure out what his plan is, because I know he has a plan for my life. And I know that that isn't the plan that he has. And, and it was, it's so as simple as that. Um, and so after that, you, you reach out and, and you are what we, what I call in a one-on-one with God, with the Lord, and you're just, you're speaking to him. And I, a lot of times I always say this, I've said this before on the show, Joe, um, the questions always come in our time and the answers come in God's time. And we want those answers. So, so how did you, when you're asking the questions, how do you maintain the, the patience waiting for the answers in a situation that you were in? How did you do that? What, what, what does that look like to Austin Conley? So there was definitely a lot of questions that I wanted answered in that moment. But I know that like you said, God works in his time and I know that his timing is always best. Uh, so I experienced a, another really traumatic event about a year or so before this. Mm-hmm. And I did the same thing where I prayed and I was like, and I asked God, you know, is this what my life's going to be like? Is this what, not obviously not what you're playing, but is this going to be used as a platform to be able to, to spread your word and just to be able to, to spread the kingdom of God and I just, you could, I just felt that, yes, this, it, it was part of his plan to spread the kingdom, but it wasn't going to be with me paralyzed. Yeah. And uh, how old are you again? 16. 16. Are you sure you're not 36? <laughs> uh, I, um, and, and we've had one of the young men, your age, actually on our show, who happened to be a football player. He's actually going to be on again. And I, I, you two could be brothers, I think. Um, it, it truly, and I'm going to say something about that. And that's why I wanted to make sure you reiterate your age to everybody. Um, because sometimes adults need to, to listen and, and sometimes we don't, um, I don't want, I want to talk about that incident. I do. I want to, but I want to get to that in, in a minute. First thing I want to do though is Don, I want to ask you a question. So at this point, um, the seizures continue. As a matter of fact, the medication he was taking was enhancing them. You guys make a decision or did the doctors make a decision to move him to a different hospital closer to, I believe, Miami? Yes, I made the decision. It was not okay. a decision in the hospital. It was basically me saying, I'm not happy with the treatment here. You're not providing what I think you should. Um, and, and, you know, for me, a lot of this was just a spiritual battle. There's good and there's evil and there's healing and there's mm-hmm. sickness. And so we just felt this, the hospital was speaking, you know, this, awful diagnosis over him that we refused to accept. And I don't know how else to describe it, but it was like this, there was like a heaviness, there was like a darkness in this hospital. Um, and so, you know, my husband and I prayed about it. We sought some um, input from 
you know, my, I have some family that's in medicine and, um, we just said, you know what, we're, we're leaving. So we, my husband went out and grabbed the trauma doctor and said, we'd like to get him out of here. Can you help us arrange for that? So they got him out to um, a children's hospital in Miami, Nicholas children's hospital. He was again, taken by helicopter pretty much at one or two in the morning. Um, and we followed him down to Miami where, um, he got treatment, pediatric treatment. So what, yeah. Oh, so what, what was it about the treatment that you guys were more, I don't want to say relaxed with, but you were more at ease and it, it, it calmed you, so to speak, uh, you were happier with what you were seeing with that treatment, as opposed to what he was receiving. What, what was it that would change your mindset when you saw that? It was night and day the way that the two hospitals operate. And I think you'd see that probably in any industry. There's, you know, sort of the average subpar and then there's the excellent. Uh, and so this was a hospital that, um, not to give you too much backstory, but Austin's best friend had an incident when they were in third grade and was mm-hmm. also paralyzed, but due to a neurotoxin, um, uh, some they attended their house for termites and allowed him to come back in too soon. And so we were in touch with those parents and they said, get him out of there. We did the same thing with, you know, with our son and he needs to go to this hospital. My dad echoed that. Um, Brian, I just, you just, you know, and you get that feeling in your gut where it's right. And so we just, we made the decision. It was, it was uncomfortable because we were basically telling the doctors at the hospital we were at that we didn't agree with their treatment and we weren't happy with it. But in the end, it's our son and you advocate that, you know, that's our job as parents. So um, we were, you know, we don't, didn't didn't worry about what they thought. And one of the doctors actually was wonderful and said, I would be doing the same thing. Please let me know how he's doing. He gave us his cell phone number. And so, you know, Austin sent his testimony to him and, but it was just the right thing to do. You know, we just, we knew, we knew from, um, you know, from an academic standpoint, but we also knew from a spiritual intuition standpoint that we he needed to get there and need to get better care, more specialized care, pediatric care. So mm-hmm. So Austin, you are now at your at the at the pediatric hospital. Um, and how many days go by before you actually do what? Four days went by before I actually got out of my hospital bed and I started to walk. And I saw the video. I, is that the video in the video? Is that the first time you got up when? Oh, the first time. That that. It, it, when you got up and, and you started to walk and you were being helped by, I don't know if that was a doctor or a physical therapist that was helping you. Uh, yeah. What, what was, what was he saying to you as you were walking? You can do it. Let's go. Another step. Another step. So he was, he, yeah. So he wasn't in shock. He was very positive and very reinforcing. And what were, what was going through your mind? I knew this was going to happen or, uh, was there a moment of, I can't believe this is happening. What's going through your head in, in when you're up and actually walking? Don't trip. <laughs> Austin, I still trip. I, I, I didn't have the situation you have and I'm walking. And I'm still worried about tripping all the time, but uh, so I can understand from that standpoint, but so besides, besides don't trip, what else is going through Austin Conley's head? gratefulness and and thankfulness to my Lord and Savior, because I know that he's the only reason that I was up walking at that point. And there was, there was no, there's no medical explanation of how I was doing that. I was just doing it because of him. See, this is, and and, and this is for both of you uh, and for our audience out there. This is when I'm watching this story, this was what was going through my head. 
a lot of times, okay, there was surgery performed and we can go ahead and say the surgery is why. A lot of times somebody is in the hospital for six to eight to 10 months and we could say all that physical therapy and, and everything that that happened, uh, you know, from a neuromuscular standpoint, uh, the brain was able to connect with the muscles again. They knew what they were doing. You were literally there for four or five days and in less than a week, you were walking again after being diagnosed with possibly never walking or, or being able to use your hands or being able to drive a car. So to everybody out there, I, I, it's, it's, not so much, I, I, it's not so much what you believe, but in, 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 as a debater, Austin, tell me how I'm doing. As a debater, explain to me how this is not anything less than a miracle. From the power of prayer, from understanding what it is that has happened to you in the past, how you've overcome it, and from believing, believing in the power of prayer and and what it can do. And I think for all everybody out there, you go on social media and you put the prayer hands up all the time on everybody's posts because it becomes such a and all, all, all praying, but but it's it's are you praying? And what do those prayer hands mean when you put them up? And I think this is the story where those prayer hands are a lot more significant now than they may have been for so many people that are listening and watching today. How did I do in that debate right there, Austin? Am I doing good or am I making my point? Okay. Um, and, and so uh, if, this wasn't your first rodeo. You, you started to talk a little bit about that. And, and before we go, before we go to our sponsor, our second sponsor, maybe tell everybody what happened to you a year earlier that just reinforced why you had such strength in believing what God can do for you. Yeah. So a year earlier, I was home alone with a friend. We wanted to cook up some some burgers. So we turned on the grill, we went back inside and got the burgers and tomatoes and lettuce. We got everything, we came back outside. It had been about a minute or two and I immediately smelled the potent smell of propane and I knew that something wasn't right. So I opened up the grill and realized that none of the, the lighters actually lit. So I, I turned them all off, I turned all six knobs off and uh, I, I closed the top of the grill and then just without thinking, I accidentally flipped the first one back on and that spark caught all the free flowing propane and it exploded and it sent me flying probably 10 feet back over a table um, until I hit the ground. And then I looked down and realized that my pants were on fire and that I had to go jump in my pool. I was then taken by ambulance to uh, a close hospital where they realized that they didn't have uh they didn't have what they needed to treat me properly. So I was transferred, transferred to a burn hospital in Miami. Uh, I was there for a couple of days where I had surgery and I was told that I was going to need to wear compression clothing for a year. I was going to be able to avoid the sun that I wasn't going to be able to play in that football season and just all. Yep. And then I would have significant scarring for the rest of my life and just all these negative diagnosis is over my life and through the power of prayer and my faith uh two weeks later we went back and they said wow we've never seen anybody recover as fast as you have you don't need to wear compression clothing you don't need to 
uh, be afraid of the sun. Uh, the, the scarring a couple months later was completely gone. And it was just another miraculous miracle that God worked in my life. And just things like that just reinforce my faith. And I think reinforces a lot of other people's faith to just see him working in that way. Don, did this, uh, what, what happened to him on the football field, did this event here quickly come into your minds? Yeah. Uh, and, and were you thinking how in the world the same kid twice in, in one year? Um, or were you thinking, uh, okay, he's gotten through some pretty traumatic events already. He's going to get through this one. Uh, what, what, how, see, I'm asking as a parent because I think about my kids while he's talking and I'm trying to figure out, okay, you could say how you would process it, but I think people want to know from those who've actually experienced it, how did you process it? So I think any parent's greatest fear in the world is something happening to their children. So, you know, the first time it happened, you know, just I, we got home and there was ambulance and fire trucks and police officers and the sirens lined up our street and he was on a stretcher and screaming in pain, which you can imagine a burn on down both your legs yeah. and your right arm. Um, and that's hard to watch, but we, we just, we can, you know, my husband and I just have faith and we just immediately, the first thing we did was turn to everybody we knew who was um, a Christian and said, please pray, please pray. And people prayed. Uh, of course, when we got the call when he was injured for football, you know, I think the answer to your question is both. I mean, my first thought was not again. And then I mentioned, you know, we do have those couple of seconds to decide, are we going to respond in fear and anxiety? Are we going to respond by standing on the truth and knowing that God wants us healed? He created us to be healed. Um, and there's just Austin obviously has a big call on his life and the enemy doesn't like that and has tried to you know, interfere with that multiple times, but it, you know, it says in the word that God will use, he didn't make Austin get burned. He didn't put Austin in this accident, but there's a real enemy and God will use those things for our glory, for his glory and for our good. And that's exactly what Austin's doing is trying to talk to as many, you know, youth today that are confused, lost, not sure about what their future holds, not sure what's truth and what's not truth. And be able to say, you know, God is real. God heals. God loves you. God has a plan for your life. He has a purpose for your life. And prayer changes the outcome of things. And we, mm. our family believes that, you know, it was those prayers. My husband's men's group fasted. They didn't know how long it would be, but they all made a choice to pray and fast until Austin decided to get up and walk again. Mm. And so there was, you know, five days without anything to eat is a long time and they didn't know how long it would go, but that's, that's the power of prayer. That's the power of people that, you know, know who their Lord and Savior is and what's possible. And I think it's important for people to know that it doesn't ever say in the Bible that miracles stop, you know, that, that no. stop performing miracles. And Austin's a, a testimony to both those things. And just remember to walk in the faith because it's so easy to get in our heads and, and become afraid and, you know, to worry about our kids. It's natural, but we're not supposed to be anxious for anything. We're supposed to you know, go to the Lord with Thanksgiving and, you know, and I, and I think, you know, your show is a lot about, uh, physical exercise. It's about, it's exercise, nutrition and mental well-being. Right. Yes. Yes. I think we, we have to remember too. And I mean, I'm, I work, I exercise six days a week. So I'm in, I'm, I agree with the physical exercise, but while physical uh, training is really important, so is spiritual training. And so we're supposed to be training not just our physical bodies, but our spiritual bodies. And you can see your physical body. So it's a lot easier to remember to train it. It's a lot harder to remember to train something that we can't see. But it's in those situations. You can't wait till you're 
son is being trauma hawked to the hospital or the ambulance is outside your home and he's burned for you to develop your faith. So it's it's in the moments where everything seems fine and it's hard to remember to do it that our spiritual training is the most important because when you're in that situation, um, it's important that you that you know the word of God, that it's inside of you and that you have that faith to believe and not accept anything less than full healing. You 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 just we had a show uh, not too long ago. Uh, Success is what it was called with Kurt and Rachel Tucker. And they you just reiterated almost exactly they own several gyms and they have several different several different businesses that they run. What you just said is almost exactly what they said uh, in that particular show. In the particular, you just reiterate you you strengthened what they said, um, and and everything she just said. Uh, I think this is the perfect opportunity for everybody to take that all in. We have uh, another ad here from one of our sponsors. When we come back, we're going to wrap everything up and a couple more questions for Austin. Don't go anywhere, everybody. We'll be right back. Two Brothers, One Mike is sponsored by YSN, your sports network. Loyal, local, live. Hey, everyone. It's Joe from Two Brothers, One Mike. For all of our sports enthusiasts out there from the Northeast Ohio and Western Pennsylvania area with busy schedules, we know you can't always make it to the big game. Well, we have some great news for you. Now is your chance to listen or watch your favorite high school teams compete on the YSN Network. Covering multiple sports from more than 50 area high schools, as well as Youngstown State University Baseball and the Mahoney Valley Scrappers, and so much more. What's that? No longer live in the Northeastern Ohio or Western Pennsylvania area? No problem. You can go to YSNlive.com on any browser or download the YSN Live app available on both the App Store and Google Play, so you can listen wherever you'd like to start your sports binge and streaming experiences today. Now, back to our podcast. Welcome back, everybody. So during the break, Joe, you were saying you wanted to add something here to what Don was just saying, uh, so the floor is yours. Yeah, you know, I think that it's important that a lot of folks, they're listening to this, and it's real easy to listen to Austin's Miracle, right? Like they want to box it up. This is all about Austin and it's Austin's miracle. But what they're not realizing is the people who prayed for him, the people that were fasting for him, the people that know him, it's their miracle too. Like you can't, you have to look at it as you don't know how many layers were peeled back, how many layers of doubt were peeled back when they saw what happened with him and how you know, uh, everything worked out for him in the end, this actual miracle that, that took place. We don't know how many people it affected. We don't know how it, and I don't mean in a negative way, impacted Austin's faith. Here you have a kid who debates, a kid who 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 uh, has gone through a couple different scenarios where uh, uh, faith has been tested and tried, and he had to, here he is. Who's to say that we're not looking at somebody, you definitely have a calling on your life. Uh, there There is not a doubt in my mind for the way that you're studying now and the way that you're learning now and the things that you've gone through, I guarantee to you, none of that is in vain. So definitely keep, you know, keep pressing forward. Mm, yeah. But again, like I said, you know, we don't want to sit there and box it up as this neat little thing that happened over there down in Florida. You know, this happened for everyone that was involved, that, that prayed, that thought that, well, you know, it's more than just thinking about it. Of course, you, we hear thoughts and prayers, right? Uh, right. As long as there's prayers involved. It was everybody's miracle, and uh, uh, again, it has it has that ripple effect. So that's pretty much it. 
All right. I mean, that's it. And, and, and what happens in interviews is Joe, uh, in these typically in these shows, he is off in the abyss, just listening and waiting for his opportunity to give some great insight. And, uh, I could tell he was nipping at the butt because I could see him uh, waiting to come on and, and say that. And uh, a lot of good information right there. I, I personally wasn't looking at it that way. Uh, so, so thank you for that information. Um, Austin, I'm going to play, I'm going to play devil's advocate real quick. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm one of these guys. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean that, that grilling accident, I mean, there was a lot of medical treatment that helped you and, your recovery happened because of all of the medical treatment and all those burns are gone and the scars are gone. And, and those doctors are the reason why uh, you have recovered a hundred percent from that. How do you answer that? Um, I would answer it with what are the odds that it happens twice? How many people have you seen go from paralyzed to not in five days? How many times have you experienced even just a tiny burn on your hand and you still have a scar there two years later? So I think I would answer it with um, I would answer it and just give other miracles and other other testimonies of me, but not only me of of my friends. And she yeah. mentioned uh, my my closest friend actually went through something similar than I did, where he lost ninety eight percent of his motor skills and was never supposed to be able to walk or move again. And you know he ended up playing football. He he moves. He walks normally. He's a normal kid. And that's just another testimony of of what prayer can do so my answer to them would would be how how many times can you call something a coincidence before you know it's faith yeah and and not only that but i also would answer with did you ever think about the fact that those doctors hands were being powered uh you yeah. took it from that, me it, 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 i was gonna say who said nobody was praying for those uh, doctors uh, over yeah, those doctors uh, because exactly. I guarantee it to you, Don was definitely praying over those doctors and their discernment and, exactly. and their wisdom. Absolutely. And I've had doctors, I've had surgeons who have told me that before they go into surgery, that is the first thing they do. Uh, and, and so so there's that as well. Uh, so taking everything Austin said and the fact that I beat Joe to the punch there, I'm not going to brag about it too much. But um, that that is exactly what I wanted to to point out. Let me ask you this um, in closing. And when I say that, in closing does not mean you have two seconds to answer the question. It just means this is where we want to know something towards the end of the show. And however long it takes you to answer is however long it takes you to answer. Goals, vision, what are they for Austin Conley? Ten years, ten-year goals, what, what would they be if you had to think about it? My my ten year goals is definitely to already have obviously graduated college, started my own business. Uh, I'm a big entrepreneur. I love business. I love anything revolving business. So I'd love to have my own business, but I'd also love to have shared my faith and my story, my testimony to millions of people, and I've impacted all of those people's lives because that is my that is the calling on my life is to share this testimony. God didn't give it to me to. To kind of to keep it to myself um and with the first one i didn't do as good of a job of sharing it and with this one i, I made a point to you know he, he did it once he did it twice it's time for me to share my story and and share my faith and my testimony uh, to try to grow other people's faith and to try to spark faith so i would say that those those are really my goals is to spread faith 
and to, uh, to, to succeed in business. Well, you have another goal now, too, and that's to report back to Two Brothers, One Mike over the next 10 years uh, frequently as we follow the journey of Austin Conley, for sure. What do you think about that particular goal? Does that sound like a good goal? That's good. I'll add it to the list. Yeah. Um, and and when, you, when I say the 10-year thing, I talk about if you guys have ever um, heard the speech by Matthew McConaughey where he talks about who is his hero, and he says it's him 10 years from now. So he's always chasing himself. And when he gets to those 10 years, people say, have you caught your hero? And he said, no, now it's me 10 years from now. So he's always chasing himself every 10 years. And that speech, if you can look that speech up, that's a fantastic speech by him. Joe, have you, I think we've talked about that before on this show. Yeah, I think way about, back in season one, we kind of made mention of that. Yeah, yeah a long time ago. But um, so so there's that's why I always ask the 10-year rule. But um, is there anything out you so you you know when you talk about testimony real quick this is not your first rodeo either when it comes to talking on a podcast we briefly mentioned it in the beginning of the show you've been on ESPN as well as several other podcasts pretty big podcasts as as a matter of fact what was the uh, the one podcast that you were on Andrew Womack yeah and, and and Don I can't remember what you said as far as the viewing audience is concerned uh, with that two point two billion. 2.2 billion people. Yeah. And, and so the word is definitely out there. It's not, this is not a secret uh, what has happened uh, down in Florida uh, when it comes to, you know, the, the situation, the seriousness of the situation and how you've overcome it. Um, what, what ESPN, what, what were you, what show were you on on ESPN? Uh, it was just, yes, it was, our local ESPN that ended up airing on. Uh, it was the, an interview. It was, a, it was just an interview where they, they came to one of our games. Uh, they interviewed me. Uh, they interviewed my coach and kind of he, he talked about the impact that it had on the team and the significance that it had to the team that I was back back out there walking. So that was really what that was about. What? So you walked back out there. Was it seven days later you walked back out on the practice field? Yeah. I'm a teammate. I'm trying to figure this whole thing out. Did they know you? Was this a surprise or did they know you were coming and you were walking or what was that? What was that day like? Yeah. So they, they, they knew I was coming. Uh, it was a day definitely filled of, of hugs and of, you know, we, we really miss you out here. It's not the same without, without you out here. And it's just, in in football, once you get to the, the point in that season, that seven weeks where, you know, it's, it's no longer, you know, I play football with this guy. It's, it's this guy's my brother. He's basically, you know, he's not blood, but he, he is my brother. He's family. I, I care for him like I'd care for any of my other little siblings. And I think uh, all the guys on the football team can agree with that, that it's, it's truly a brotherhood. And our coaches and our school really make a point to that, that, you know, you're not just, you're not just teammates, you're brothers. You need to check in on each other on and off the field. And one of my coaches uh, he always says, uh, I, I am my brother's keeper. And just to, to show the significance of always checking in and, and, and keeping your, your brother accountable and keeping him on track with the goals that he sets and the things that he wants to achieve. So, yeah, I, Austin, I can tell you this, I'm 52 years old and there's still a band of brothers from high school that we still till this day, uh, it's and life takes you in different directions, but we still to this day make it a point to try to stay in touch to a certain extent 
Um, so yeah, never, never take that for granted for sure. Um, as I'm trying to give you advice now, <laughs> but it, it's a, when you find that power of friendship and that bond, um, that's a rarity, uh, in this world. And so I definitely admire that and hope, hope the same for you, uh, in life. Uh, Joe, what I, and we're going to come back to them in a second. Uh, is there anything before we go on into next week's show that you guys would want to tell our audience um, as we close up today? Any, anything of significance? Uh, you guys have already said a lot, but is there anything else? Well, I would just say um, in an answer to one of your earlier questions that, you know, if you're the skeptic, you know, what, well, he had doctors, he had medicine. Um, again, the Lord you know, equipped people, created medicine, but he also defied all the odds. He also, you know, when the doctors, with all the diagnosis that they spoke over him, it, none of them came to be right. They, the, a year of healing for the burns, a scar, permanent scarring, none of that, none of everything that they spoke over them, it shocked even them. They said, we've never seen this before. And I guess I would speak to the parents out there and just say that, you know, it's a hard world to raise kids in right now. There's, um, just a lot with social media and just, um, you know, the, the shutdowns and just having kids at home. And, and I think we've gone, our kids have gone through a really tough couple of years and the world is different than when we grew up. And I would just encourage every parent out there to, you know, maybe you don't have a you know relationship right now with the Lord, maybe you do, and it's kind of personal, but I would encourage you to share it with your kids and to be that role model, even if it starts today. Um, our kids, you know, I, I was raised by um, an atheist father. So um, I'm the first one in my family to have found Christ, but all four of my kids will never live not knowing him. They know they're never alone. They know scripture that reminds them, you know, through memory when they're in a tough spot. Uh, and so, and it's so neat that they can share that with, with their kids, but what it does for your, for your own children today in, in a crazy, crazy world to be able to bring them to church, to talk to them about the Lord, to teach them to read you know, but if you start in the gospels with the miracles that, that Jesus did, as you recall and hear about Austin's story and that those same miracles are for you and your kids. And so for us to just be reminded that that one simple act of, you know, starting your day with the Lord and, and talking to your children about it, you know, the, the word talks about that the way they will go, um, that we're supposed to talk to our kids about, you know, the Lord always. And to just have them first and foremost in your mind, it brings a sense of peace. It takes away anxiety. It gives you joy. It gives you direction. Um, and so I would encourage you to, you know, find a local church and, you know, maybe if you don't have a Bible, get one and just start in the Gospels of Luke and about the birth of Jesus at the perfect time of year. But, you know, I'm coming from somebody who wasn't raised at all with any religion whatsoever and found it all on my own just because I just had that nudging and wanted my kids to know something I didn't know, wanted them to have that firm foundation that I didn't have. And it's made a world of difference. And every one of our four kids um, is on fire for the Lord. And, you know, you can do the same thing. You don't have to have been raised in a Christian home or already be in a church. Uh, absolutely awesome. Austin, I have one question. Your mom was just talking about uh, certain scriptures that you always remember in times of adversity and, and persevering. There's one in Deuteronomy, the book of Deuteronomy, that you uh, mentioned in the video that I watched. What, what, what scripture is that? Deuteronomy 31, six, mm -hmm. be strong and courageous and not be afraid or terrified because of them for the Lord, your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. That verse in the hospital really, really stuck with me, really called to me every single time I read it. I got a, a sense of peace 
uh, and it was just the, 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 the day before, two days before my accident, uh, I was doing my devotions in the morning and I randomly opened my Bible, just how I just looked at it. I was like, okay, I'm just going to open a page. And my eyes went to, to that first and I read, I was like, oh, this is, this is really good. This is really, you know, for someone who's going through a hard time, this could really be helpful to them. And then I was in the hospital and I, I'd never worked on memorizing the verse. And then all of a sudden it was just there. And I was like, wow, like this is, it helped reinforce to me um, the significance and the power of spending, even if it's just 15 minutes, spending your first moments with God. And it just reinforced the fact of, of how important that is because you never know what you're going to go through. You never know what anybody else is going to go through. And while we fight our physical battles, when we prepare for our physical battles by maybe training or going to the gym or taking fighting classes, we need to prepare for our spiritual battles with memorizing scripture and staying in the word and, and staying with God. So, uh, I don't know how you could possibly end a show any better than that, Joe. Um, fantastic for sure. But before we say our goodbyes to Don and Austin Conley today, what what is next week's show about? So next week we're getting into that whole off the cuff thing that we talked about. We're going to be doing a little little less structured episode, uh, but we're going to be covering again, and it's it's not going to be the same thing. Although I'm sure you'll hear some of the same stuff uh, about New Year, New Me. Okay, uh, so you would definitely want to stay tuned for that. It's going to be a good show. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to try not to rant about that whole concept, the new year, new me, because as we said in that show some time ago, there's no new year, new me. You can start the new me, right, on August 3rd, on July 2nd, on May 15th, on April 3rd. It doesn't matter when you start the new me. But we're going to we're gonna take it from a business, a business, a personal, spiritual life, and, and, and we're going to look at it so... Actually, as you're listening to this show, ladies and gentlemen, it is 2023. Happy New Year. Uh, And if that's the way we're going to go with it, then we're just going to dabble back and forth between all those concepts and figure out what you should be looking at or what it is we look at when it comes to New Year, New Me. And that's just it, too. That's one of the reasons why it would be a little different, because before it was all about, you know, oh, i got to lose weight. I'll start on January 2nd. And they're saying this in the beginning of November because of the holidays. The holidays are two days. Three days, uh, four for capital. Okay, but that's about it. You know, what are you talking about? The holidays. I'll lose weight then. So you're acknowledging the problem now, and then you're saying, "But I'll put that off until after January." We're going to start talking about January moving forward. Right. Yeah. So it'll all be. That's it. All right. All right. Well, until then, I want to remind all of you: be sure to give us a rating or review on your favorite podcast service. Also, if you have any thoughts, questions, comments, or opinions. Leave us a message via the link in this episode's description. And finally, remember to join us every Wednesday morning, 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Now, on behalf of myself, Coach Tony, Don, and Austin Conley, thanks for listening. All right, everybody out there, be the best you. See you next week. Don and Austin Conley, thank you very much for an outstanding interview. We really appreciate everything. You guys take care. Happy New Year to you. Thank you.